This is AudibleGate. The journey to a fair deal for authors and narrators, with your hosts, Jacob and Jason. Bringing you the real facts and people behind this truly mind-blowing cluster And Audible's founder, Donald Katz, said in 2019, At this point, given our traction, it is a subscription-driven business because of our massive traction. And credit-based subscriptions were so. Bezos had acquired two great things. Amazon's been pretty smart about, uh, you know, taking both people like me as founders and companies like ours and proclaiming that we have an independent brand, a different business model, and a different culture. But was the culture really that much different? Bezos and Katz had sequestered away their unfair share of royalties in their vaults in the sky, and they governed their interns, executives, and ACX support to separate fact from fiction. And Katz saw that it was good. There's a big difference between a public radio-like podcast and what Audible offers these millions of people who pay us uh, for this incredible service. Hello and welcome back to the official Audible Gate podcast supporting the equitable rights movement. Man, isn't it so good to be back doing this together, Jason? It's been a while. Yeah, it has, and I missed you. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I also miss, you know, high-fiving people outside of my immediate family, so, you know, you're just something of a surrogate virtual production friend, to be honest. Though friend is probably a bit of a stretch, so let's say acquaintance. Thanks. <laughs> what a compliment. You're welcome. It's important to have these people in your lives. Come on. I completely agree. You know, I was really jealous of you chatting away with Noel last time. And he sounded fantastic. And he was. Yeah, it was such yeah. an interesting take to hear from a psychologist on this and, you know, the very real effect that this is having on people. And I think it's crucial to remember that this is affecting authors on a really personal level. Yeah, you know, Noel opening up the way he did and hearing about really what he's been going through and what it sounds like a lot of the authors have been going through with whom he spoke, it's not fun. But yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, dear listener, do please jump back and listen through the story so far because there's so many different elements to this entire Audible Gate story. The story is constantly unfolding and we want to share with you as we learn about new people who are experiencing very, very similar things with each other in their own unique way. I think that's enough. So, Jacob, why don't you introduce today's guest? Sure. Uh, So today we're going to be virtually sitting down with author extraordinaire, I like that word, Mm. uh, Ava K. Michaels, who is a New York Times and USA Today bestseller hailing from Scotland. So yet again, we're going international. Yeah, from Scotland. So let's bring in Ava. Ava, hello. How are you doing? I hope the accent isn't too broad. No, it's wonderful. I love hearing it. I know, Ava, we've already covered this, but just for the sake of the people that are listening now, if me and Jason do a little whereabouts in the world you are, and I know that we already know that, but obviously our listeners don't. Okay, so I'm in Bonnie, Scotland, kind of in the middle west of Scotland. When you're writing, I have this kind of romantic image of you looking out over the highlands from your home. Do you find that it helps inspire your writing? Well, we're not in the highlands. We're further away from the highlands. But Mm -hmm. I have visited with my husband and 
it was the winter, it was very snowy, and as we were driving, he, he had to slow down because, and this is a true story, we had to slow down because there were huge big stags right at the roadway. And I'm like, what on earth are they doing? Because it, there was thick, thick snow. And I'm like, what on earth are they doing? Because to me, they looked as if they were licking the side of the road. And my husband says to me, they come down to lick the salt off the roads. And it was magnificent watching them do that. Wow. So mm. things like that um, certainly influence my writing. When did you start your writing career in earnest, would you say? Right. Well, that's actually a good question. I started writing because of a therapist. All right. I used to go to a therapist because I have anxiety and I have OCD. Okay. And I would say I would have all these stories inside my head. And as it went on, she said to me, have you ever thought about writing them down? And mm. I said, no, don't be silly. And as it went on, she actually coaxed me into doing it and I bought a second-hand laptop and started typing and literally before I knew it I had three books on this laptop oh, wow. and that's how I started writing and I'm not afraid I, I tell people you know don't be afraid to reach out for help if you need it mm -hmm. you know even if it's talking to a friend or reaching out online, getting help. Ava, you started obviously writing as a result of going and speaking to this therapist and a suggestion just to kind of express through, I guess, the creative means of writing. At what point with your writing did you consider also expanding into audio? Um, not for years and years, to be honest. And it wasn't until I got an email out of the blue from Tantor and I knew nothing about audiobooks. So I reached out to a friend who said, take the offer regardless of what it was. Well, I'm an ex-banker and I negotiated. Looking back, I should have negotiated harder, but anyway. So we, I, I did that and that's when I started looking for other options and that's when I found... ACX Audible. Sorry, it's sort of a, a tangential question, but um, at what point did you become um, a New York Times bestseller? Um, and also, I read that you're a USA Today bestseller as well. When did that come in? That was early on, two box sets, very early on in my career with a friend of mine. We did them both for, for charity, for epilepsy. Okay. And at that point, you could still hit New York Times. And we did. We raised loads for the charity and we did it I think two or three times for uh, the epilepsy charity with the USA Today so yeah but they were all for charity every penny went to charity which I was uh, happy to do that's amazing happy to do but you know um, we were very lucky Circling back around to something you mentioned before about not taking the first deal when, when you were initially approached by Tantor, I think you said, and your background as a banker as well. After working through ACX and, and Audible as you did following that, when did you first suspect ACX and Audible of not accurately reporting your sales and obviously the returns issue that this all came out of? Well, 
That's a loaded question because me being an ex-banker, you'd think I would be able to understand. I thought I would start off doing the royalty share to start to see how it would go. Yeah. And as far as I could see on it, I thought I would get 20% and my narrator would get 20%. Right. Yeah. For instance, my first in series for the Vampire's Thirst should be selling at 1995, right? So 20% of that should be 399. But I've never received that ever. I just, I thought I was being stupid to be perfectly honest, but I, I then got my daughter to look at them and she's high up in the bank and she looked at them and she's saying, mum, I actually don't understand what this says. She says, this is just like gobbledygook. She says, if your book is priced at such and such and you're supposed to get a certain percentage, she says, where is that detailed on this report? And I said, well, it's not. And she says, so why isn't it? And I'm like, I don't know. So that's when I began to see posts on Facebook. And it was from Susan May. Now, at this point, I didn't know who this person was. Mm -hmm. But I began to read them. And I had a light bulb going off in my head. And I realised it wasn't me being dumb. It was about them not reporting things properly and oh my good grief I felt as if I had been slapped in the face because I then thought I've had these books up for a good wee while now and I had not seen any returns I've not seen hiding a hair of them in my account ever I mean how could that possibly be be right it can't be right yeah so yep. then I, I joined the Facebook group that Susan has up and that's when I realised this is far bigger than just me. There was thousands and thousands of others in the same boat and then I started emailing ACHEX Audible and my goodness gracious, the amount of emails that I have sent them, detailed emails asking detailed questions and they do not give you the correct information. In fact, they give you nothing nada zip they will not answer the questions that you send them then Colleen Cross she started digging and digging and digging and the information she got was just shocking I took the data that she had got my own statements and I sent it to my own accountant and that's when I just went totally ballistic because I then got the information back from my own accountant that told me I have literally not been paid full price for any of my books for the time they've been up on their platform I was just mad and how how long have they how long have they been up on the platform about two three but three years maybe the thing is just last month wait for this one Victor the full price for Victor is $27.79 Australian dollars and they sold it for $1.99 Australian dollars. Whoa. And you're receiving the percentage of royalties from the $1.99, not from the standard retail price. Yes. I have emailed them multiple times asking them to stop selling my work for the reduced prices and all you get back from them is 
authors have no control over the list price or the sale price or any price that they decide they want to sell your product at. How does that make you feel at the end of the day? Oh, disgusted. Yeah. Upset. Angry. Mm. They make so much money from me and all the other authors that have their products on their site. How how are we supposed to feel about it? Mm-hmm. Sure. It's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. It I is. mean, I, I, I can guarantee I never agreed for them to do this with my products. As far as I was aware, I'm putting my, my products on their site for them to sell it at the list price, not to sell it at $1.99 or the discounted price, or indeed we can even go on to the WhisperSync sales. I mean, Jason and I are both actors and, and narrators, and, and we don't see this industry from the author's perspective, right? We don't see the same issues with KDP and WhisperSync that you're talking about here. So could you tell us a bit about WhisperSync and how it works, what it is? The audiobook could be priced at $19.99 or $24.99, for instance, but if they bought an ebook. They're offered the audiobook at the WhisperSync price of $7.99. So again, we do not get paid the full price for that sale. I think I already know the answer to this question, but I still want to ask it. Do you as the author have any idea how they come up with the magical equation for when to offer a discount on your book? Would you like to have a say in that? Well, first off, I have no idea why or how they price the books they do. And I want 100% to have the say in what my product goes out at. And Ava, I mean, I think this question is probably, given what we've heard so far, is probably self-explanatory. But are you planning to continue releasing audiobooks through ACX and Audible, either now or in the future, or through other platforms, or even at all? As it stands at the moment, absolutely not. I would not deal with ACX Audible. If I'm honest, with the way things are right now, I'm not sure when I'll even start to think about producing anything else. There's no point. There really isn't. And I'm not alone. I know that there's other people in the same position as I am and they're going down the same route. I don't know what's in store for the industry. I really don't. I'm scared that the industry might stall for now. It might pick up once these things are sorted or they might desert and go elsewhere. But for me at the moment, I'm not going, I'm not planning on doing anything. We've just recently had the new sales dashboard on ACX. New and improved. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, is it new and improved? No, it absolutely is not new and improved. Um, It's a joke, really. For a start, it still doesn't break out the individual sales. It says qualified returns. That, to me, is just a load of BS. To me, there's no such thing as a qualified returns. A listener knows whether they're going to enjoy the book or not. They should not be allowed to return anything if it's been listened to 100%, and that's end of. 
How dare they allow anyone to listen to my entire audiobook and return it? They should not be allowed to do that. They should not be allowed to take that back from any author or narrator. It's shocking. And they still should be putting in the reports full disclosure, as is done in a KDP dashboard. You can see clearly every sale, how it's done, what it's sold for, the percentage that you're getting paid for, for that sale, clearly. Their dashboard is an absolute and utter joke. So recently you wrote an official blog post for Audiblegate. Can you tell us a little bit about what that uh, blog post is about? And then later on, we'll include the link so people can read it in full if they're interested. Really, I just wanted to express how unhappy I was with what's going on. Mm -hmm. I needed people to understand how bad things are um, and get the word out about the Fair Deal Rights Facebook group and get people to sign up to both that and Honor Ross and Ali, how they've helped us and how they're continuing to campaign to get us a fair deal. Yep. If people join up and sign up, they'll be kept up to date with everything that's going on. Um, it's, it was really, I was just so angry with everything that's going on. I felt I needed to do something, and that was something that I felt I could do. It's just a wee thing. The blog post was just my small way of hoping I could help to get the word out. And if people could pop over to audiblegate.com, they can see it and sign up to try and help us. It's the only way we can fight Audible for the, all this that's going on and hopefully help us win against them. Mm -hmm. And Ava, if you could talk to Audible, if they were listening to this, what would they need to do to regain your trust, to, to regain your custom, essentially? Oh, Jacob, you were reading my mind. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that is a big question. Well, first of all, I'd like to see authors and narrators repaid for the monies lost for all those returns, not just for the last couple of months, but for all the months that they've failed to report them. They should repay all these monies lost by this nefarious practice and for any other unsavory, unsavory practices. That might go a long way for me, might, and for other authors. To be honest, guys, I'm unsure whether I'll ever be able to trust them again because they've hidden all this stuff in obscure reporting knowingly hidden that from us. They need to admit it, which they've not done so far. They just keep hiding things. So we'll see. We'll see if they are willing to admit it. Sure. Well, hopefully they will. And hopefully we... Oh, let's be realistic, Jacob. <laughs> to me, they just keep doubling down. I just feel disgusted. That's only, that, that, that's the word that comes to mind every time I think of them. Disgust. Well, Audible, ACX, you've made 
a wonderful, best-selling author disgusted with your business practice. It's just heartbreaking to hear these stories from individual authors that you know are so excited to branch into the medium of audio, to work with a narrator, to have their work brought to life, then to end up with an author feeling so down and disappointed and disgusted with their practices. It's really sad and maybe unlikely, as we say it is, I do hope that in the future we can resolve this for for everyone. I do too. I just want everyone to feel at least as if we've gotten somewhere with them. That's I just want them to own up to what they've done, especially with the returns, how they could have done that for such a long time and gotten away with it is beyond mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah, beyond all of us. Right. Hey, Ava, thank you so much for joining us. Um, It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing some of those more personal details of everything. Nice to chat to you, boys. Thank you, Ava. Have a great day, boys. You too. Bye, Ava. Jacob, uh, that's pretty candid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was taken aback by how forthcoming she was with some of those more personal details. So, you know, Ava, thank you so much for sharing those with us, really. Absolutely. To think that this is just only one story out of so many. I was kind of wanting to say like, oh, what a brilliant conversation this was. But Mm. I don't really feel like brilliant is exactly the right way to describe it. Yeah. To circle back to the dear stag story that she told us uh, at the start of the conversation, I think it's fair to say that Audible's lack of engagement with ACX over this is really like rubbing salt in the womb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah you like, yeah. I like that one. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Well, you like what I did with what you wrote, with what you gave me there, my buddy. You could have taken credit for that, but yes, I. yep, fair enough. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. A joke like that, I give credit where credit's due. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. And once again, thank you to Ava for coming on and speaking so openly with us about all of this. Thank you so much, Ava. If you'd like to read more about AudibleGate, please visit audiblegate.com, where you'll find further analysis into the growing situation with regular updates, including Susan May and Colleen Cross's original blog posts. And please share this podcast on all your social media with hashtag AudibleGate to keep the momentum going. This is a serious situation with potential legal and financial ramifications, and it's really important we reach as many people as possible. Thanks to Orchestralis, Serpent Sound Studios, and CNBC for the music and quotes used in this episode. This has been a J-Squared B-Cubed production. Written, directed, and edited by Jason Lasky and Jacob Daniels. This is Audible Gate.